On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we are live from Boston College. We are discussing the first third of the NFL season and the NL and ALDS playoff games. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Senior Quotes Live. I'm your host, Aiden Braddock, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jack Coleman. Jack gave us a quick intro there, but we are ready to hit the ground running with episode four. Um, first of all, to address that our episodes are still not <laughs> on uh, Apple Podcasts just yet. That's um, because of how busy we've been recently uh, as college students. Uh, we have some free time coming up, though. I think Thursday might be a really good day to get all that done. Uh, motivation is just something that it's hard to come by as a student, right? You know, can you do you agree with that? Oh, I mean, for you maybe. Wow, I don't know okay. if I'm going all out. Oh no, maybe. Um, well, yeah. So shout out to a few listeners real quick before we even get into it. I've gotten texts from Jack Butterfield and Dan Carroll saying that they're both tuned in. So welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for supporting us here uh, at BC at WZBC. Uh, we're ready to get this show rolling. Um, a lot of different sports to touch on. I know MLB is not on either of our lists, but real quick, the uh, AL and NLCS series have both been pretty entertaining. Uh, and if I can do my baseball minute, uh, I'm really impressed by the Brewers going into L.A. and taking the first of uh, three games in L.A. They're now up 2-1, to one, and I'm standing by them still, as I've said on pretty much every episode we've done in here that the Brewers are my pick to win the NL and hopefully to go all the way. As for the AL, obviously we've got a lot of Boston fans in the area, and they looked really good in that second game um, at home. Now they have to go to Houston. Yeah, I'm still going to ride with uh, Houston in the upcoming games. I really think that the Astros are going to pull it out. I think they came ready to play in that first game too. They are the most balanced and uh, deepest roster, I think. So uh, Mm. I'm not sure what the current score is, but I know that that game is live. And then the NBA season kicks off. in probably just a couple minutes, uh, the Celtics Sixers game is our first one of two. Uh, Jack, you want to talk about that a, little, uh, a bit? <laughs> Maybe get um, into your quote. <clears throat> yeah, sure. So NBA kicks off tonight. We have Celtics Sixers. After that is Warriors Thunder. Awesome matchup. Celtics uh, Sixers. That is going to be the. Eastern Conference Finals. I'm calling it now. Yeah. Hot take. I mean, maybe the Raptors with Kawhi could be there, but two very interesting, two very young teams. I love that matchup. I also love the Warriors Thunder because every single time we get sports headlines between the the frenemies that are Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, uh, they seemingly go back and forth between what they really are. Well, for Kevin Durant anyway, he seems to like Russell Westbrook one minute, the next is. Who knows? He's calling him a cupcake. Uh, are they on good terms right now? I have no. I, that's why I'm waiting for tonight. I want to see how okay. tonight goes. To well, really, Russell Westbrook's out tonight. Is he really? Yes, he is. So that's just going to make that game not as interesting. In my yeah, opinion. that is actually not interesting. <laughs> Warriors will absolutely crush them either way. So I would like to see Paul George though in that game after that having uh, signed his deal with the Thunder over the summer. I'd like to see him come out with a little bit of, uh, you know. Spirit in him. Yeah. Melo's gone now. That was kind of hindering them a little bit, too. Totally. So, I'm excited. I think um, that Paul George signing, in my opinion, was the most shocking move of the offseason. Oh, I agree. I I don't even think he should have stayed. Yeah. That was one person that, like, usually you talk about loyalty, and, like, he was a guy that I just did not think should stay in that in that yeah. spot. I think Russell Westbrook is cancerous to teammates. I was honestly less surprised by the Kawhi DeRozan trade that seemingly yeah. came out of nowhere than the fact that Paul George decided to stay uh, in Oklahoma City. But, uh, yeah, how about you start us off? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll start. I have an NBA quote, so let's get into that. So it is, we wouldn't trade him for anyone, even Beyonce. NBA quote. I did see this one. And okay, yeah. Uh, I don't know the name of the person who said it. I know it's a. Oh, no, hold on. It's about Anthony Davis. Yep. So you got half, and half point there. It's it's their head coach, and I'm not going to look up. Uh, is it Alvin Gentry? Yeah. Okay. So full point there. Really wanted to talk about Anthony Davis. He is irreplaceable to quote the Beyonce song. <laughs> but Anthony Davis is probably your next MVP. 
Mm. Like, I think that this guy is fantastic. Okay. I think he's – it is basically going to be his league once guys like LeBron and and K uh, – well, not necessarily KD, but that, that generation of, like, LeBron's age where when they start kind of leaving their prime, I believe that this is fully Anthony Davis's league, and he is going to usher in the new movement of centers. We see it with other guys like Carl Anthony Towns, Jokic. I, I think the center is going to be revitalized and be the essential player of a team. I sure hope so because um, I'm a big Inside the NBA fan with Shaq and Charles Barkley, Ernie Johnson, and Kenny Smith. I don't know why I need to shout out all four of them, but I was going to bring up how uh, Shaquille O'Neal feels that the center position has become less and less important to the game, and I'd agree with that. But with DeAndre Ayton coming into the league uh, and other big men, like, I mean, Porzingis isn't really a big center. But well, that, it's changed. The, uh, the position has changed. Because it's now a stretch five. It, it's a point center yeah. in a lot of cases. You even see a guy like DeMarcus Cousins bringing up the ball a lot, too. Yeah. And when him and AD were together, that was a powerful combo, having two centers. But they just didn't have enough strength otherwise. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> if you can land a semi-decent point guard and a star center, you have potential to easily make a playoff. Well, I love Drew Holiday, and he's gotten better and better, in my opinion. So... But now there's no DeMarcus Cousins. So in the Pelicans, I think they're going to be like a six seed maybe this year. I mean, for, so for me, basically, it's looking at the talent around him. And I think Anthony Davis is enough, and I think he will be enough if he stays healthy. Yeah. Which is always a question because AD always usually goes down. But if he stays healthy, I think this is Anthony Davis's year to win MVP. I'm going to call it now. That's going to be my, I don't know, my room temperature take. But I think Anthony Davis is this year's MVP. So the team around him is Drew Holiday uh, at the one. Uh, Nikola Mirotic probably would be playing the three. And then Julius Randle was a new signing uh, who will be taking over the power four I like position. That. I like that pickup. That's yeah, good. they just don't have a good shooting guard. I guess each one more would be that current player. Alfred Payton's a guy I like a lot, and he'll be coming off the bench. He played really well for the Suns second half of the season. Um, do you agree with that prediction that they'll be the sixth seed? What do you think? Um, the West is always tough. So where when you predict them at the sixth, who else would be above them? Let's let's run through that then. So Warriors um, one obviously. Warriors and Rockets. Warriors Rockets. Uh, I like the Jazz as a top four. I, okay, I would put them at my four. I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I I'd say the Lakers as the five. Okay. And I feel like there's just a team. I like the Nuggets a lot. I don't know if they're a three. I, I don't so who I'm not like sold on this Nuggets buying like I think they're good enough to make the playoffs but like I, like I don't think they're like that good. They were very good last year. Nikola Jokic is a superstar, and I if agree. we're gonna talk about it's, new centers, just, he's I, a superstar. He's just an unlikely superstar to me. So that's yeah. why I'm not like sold on it. Is just because Miritich to me or I just say uh, Jokic. No, Jokic. Yeah, same first name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, Jokic to me is just not oh. your typical superstar, and I just can't imagine him as my superstar. Well, the Nuggets are just a team of like forgotten players that are very good. Like you have Jamal Murray and Gary Harris as your two guards. I like both of them a lot. Will Barton's your small forward. He had a great season last year. Michael Porter Jr., if he gets healthy, will be coming off the bench. That's and actually kind of scary. Uh huh. And Paul Millsap is on that team. He's their yeah. power forward. He is sick. No, that's not. That's actually not. And a bad they team. signed Isaiah Thomas and Mason Plumlee. Oh, so I'm not a huge Isaiah Thomas fan just because. I don't think he's... He's a cool backup. I don't think he's productive because of his height, but I also think this is a comeback year of sorts for him. Overall, I think this is going to be an NBA season of comebacks and, and playing with passion. Okay. I see that a lot. So my other NBA quote... I had a different NBA quote that I was also going to use, but it was about Jimmy Butler. And for me, I was really feeling that conversation because I do believe that Jimmy Butler is going to come into this season energized bringing life into this team it's a bit cancerous at this point but the way that jimmy butler described it was perfect how he said that everyone has their role and his is to be like feisty to bring this fire to the game and i think if everyone you need a culture change there with a young team and everything else lacking so if you can get this spark and everyone fall in line behind him i really do think that jimmy butler is going to go off this year you don't think he went too far though not at all to turn the players against him not at all it fuels himself, and it fuels the team. That's my take on it. I love when a player does something like this. It, In doing so, he is absolutely pumping himself up. I mean, I, okay, so all the stories that Woj shared about this whole crazy topic that we're diving back into already, 
um, seems just absurd to me, and especially the one about him leading the third stringers to take down the other starters in a scrimmage or whatever. I love that. I don't know if Jimmy Butler's even good enough to do that. I mean, I guess he is. I would never have considered that. I love Jimmy Butler. I just don't think that's the kind of quality player he is. Well, uh, I mean, apparently he was. A, he took the third stringers, beat the starters. I think, and, if anything, that's a scary statement about the other starters. Yeah, but that goes to show you, we don't know how much that third string group did. We... We don't know how much Jimmy Butler did with that crew. Jimmy Butler probably went in there and was dishing passes like crazy, was showing the other uh, players he was playing against what a great teammate he can be, getting these guys open looks, making them look good. And mentally for the other guys, they're thinking, oh, well, if he's making these bums look good, Mm. like what is he going to do for us in a game? I I love it. I think it's fueling fire beneath the team that really needs it in a tough, tough position right now. I don't necessarily know if Jimmy Butler comes back next year. I don't know if the Kyrie thing stays true just because Kyrie has said that he's going to go to the, stay with the Celtics, but who knows? He said he also was never going to leave the Cavs before the whole LeBron thing. Things happen. People change. So I don't know where Jimmy Butler goes next year, but I think it is based on this year. I think there is a big three in Minnesota, a powerful big three of Towns, Butler, and Wiggins. And I don't know, if you can't make something out of that, then I think Jimmy Butler does have to leave because he's going to leave it all on the line this year. He's going to have a fantastic year. I'm going to say that as well, too. All right, so my follow-up question would be, since we're trying to predict the Western Conference here, where would you place the Timberwolves in your eight teams? Oh, man. I'd, I'd maybe have them. Who do we have at the sixth? Um, the Pelicans? That's what I was saying, yeah. But in, like looking at it further, I might actually switch... The Pels up to five, Lakers up to four, and bring the Nuggets down. Okay. I'm really confident in the Jazz. You also have to remember the Thunder in there. Uh, if Russ gets healthy, uh, I think that team's going to do really well. It's so hard to predict. I mean, the Blazers are there, too. I'm not a huge Blazers guy. Me neither. I, that's another team I think Damian Lillard needs to leave and get out of that situation. Yeah, you, but, could, you could argue the T-Wolves missed the playoffs, and I think I would say that. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs at all. I think Jimmy Butler is going to come in very energized this season, and I'm going to put him at around the seventh spot, and if they have to sneak in, maybe the eighth. That's what they did last year, right? They were that eighth spot or something, or they played that play-in game. Yeah, they had, it was a really, like, there was a three-way tie they had to figure out. Mm. I can't remember whether they were the team that made it or not. It didn't matter because they played either the Rockets or Warriors and had no shot at all. When you get here's the thing. I mean, I do want to see where these teams end up in the standings, but uh, thinking about how the NBA is structured and how easily a team can, like the Warriors can sandbag a little bit, uh, rest their starters, come as the two seed, and then when you put your team at full strength in a seven game series, they absolutely demolish. Uh, it doesn't matter where you end up in the West. You're gonna have to go up against the Warriors or Rockets, and it's not gonna matter. Or yeah, really. Uh, I don't think this T-Wolves team could handle either of those two in a seven-game series. I completely agree. It's going to be tough to handle any of those top... Honestly, any team in the West is going to be tough to handle for the Timberwolves. But I am of the belief that Jimmy Butler is going to come in, re-energize, ready to roll, to show that he has something to give up. And if they can't do anything with him, then it's time for him to leave and he has all every single right to go and do that. Yeah, I agree with that one. Uh, and to come to the New York Knicks. Yeah, throw that, <laughs> yeah give that pitch throw there. That as well. Do you think, uh, I don't want to drag too much longer on this topic, um, but one more question. Do you think there's any possibility that he gets traded? Because we've heard a lot of things saying that, no, he won't, but there was a Miami Heat deal that fell through at the last minute. So the Miami Heat deal was going to be the best deal. I think that was a really, really... I, I forget who it was, what the player was. Josh Richardson yeah. and a 2019 first, I Yeah, believe. so I love Josh Richardson. I think that's a great, great player to add. He's kind and, of like a mini Kawhi. Uh, yeah. Very defensive-based. And, and the pick is great, too, thrown in there. And you're getting a guy who most likely is not going to be back. So, essentially, you're getting a very, very good deal with that in your rebuild of this weird, I don't know, reimagining of a Bulls team. Because that's basically yeah. what the Timberwolves are. Yeah. Uh, but, honestly, if that's not the one that goes through, I don't know what more they want. Because they're not getting any major star because I, I know they were talk. wasn't there something about talks with the Sixers about how they would only <laughs> give them up for Ben Simmons? That's ben not Simmons. happening. Yeah. So. Jimmy Butler has not proven himself enough. He's a problem with the media a little bit, a problem with his teammates. and Well, not necessarily with the media, because he actually covered this fairly well and explained himself. But 
problem with his teammates, and he may not even re-sign with your team next year in free agency. It's a lot to risk, and I don't think that any team is going to be willing to give up anything major for him. So I'm saying Jimmy Butler stays, but he plays his heart out. All right, sure. Yeah, because he has something to prove. He's going to want the most money he can get, and uh, yeah, why not leave your uh, heart on the court in this situation? Yeah. Um, just to finish that off, I do think that the Timberwolves should have taken that Josh Richardson deal as well. Because if you think about, like Jack said, you're trading a guy who might not come back to the team that he goes to. Um, getting a first-round pick and a young talent like Josh Richardson, who I know is about like 25, that's still pretty young. He's got a lot more years in him, especially for a small forward. Uh, I just think that that's a deal I would have taken as the T-Wolves, but I guess they try to get another pick in there. Uh, that's just asking for too much, especially for a guy in a one-year deal and is showing, in my opinion, to look like a locker room cancer. You think it might be positive. I think it's a negative look, but either way, it's risky. I like it a lot, and real quick, we actually, this was about Anthony Davis going to the Celtics, basically, because Kyrie had talked about him wanting to recruit him there, and we just did not really touch on that. So I wanted to ask, do you think Anthony Davis will go to the Celtics in free agency? Because um, I have a scenario that I'm willing willing to share. There, Yeah, uh, I mean... First of all, why wouldn't he want to with such an awesome young core and Kyrie there as well? But my issue would be money. I don't think that works financially. I don't think they have the money to take on another max deal, let alone even like a 10 or $12 million contract, which obviously AD would turn down in a, immediately. You know, So uh, if it's possible money-wise, maybe if you get rid of Al Horford, Marcus Morris, some of those contracts, then yes. And, and that would happen, I, I believe. But so my whole take on this is if he is to do it, essentially, so so here's the setup. So it's Celtics Warriors in the final because I believe that is going to be the NBA final this year. Warriors are going to play very good, but Celtics are going to play great and come close to taking the title. But the Warriors will take it. Now, Celtics in the offseason want to ensure the next season they win. They bring in Anthony Davis. The Warriors lose one of their core players, and that breaks up, and now we have a new dynasty in the East with the Celtics. Hey, I'm all for that, especially considering we're here in Boston for school. And I just got a question from our friend Jack Butterfield. Do you believe the hype in a Boston sports title sweep? Celtics, Sox, uh, Bruins, and Patriots. I mean... His question is about this year. That scenario wouldn't work for this year, and I also, I mean, I also believe it's possible the Celtics could beat the Warriors. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I think there's actually a fair chance. I, I mean, I hate doubting Tom Brady, but I really don't think the Pats are. I'm gonna say it, the Pats aren't gonna make the Super Bowl this year. I, I'm firm in that belief, but I think that I believe more in the Celtics winning than the Pats. It's a hot take. But I think the Celtics can really push the Warriors to Game 7, and who knows what happens. Game 7 is always up in the air. Um, despite the Patriots' win uh, Sunday night, I also think the Chiefs have a better shot out I of the agree. AFC. Um, so I'd agree with you that the Celtics may have a better chance than the Patriots because I think the Celtics are undoubtedly the Eastern Conference champions. I mean, the Sixers will give them the run for it. The Bucks, I guess. Raptors. Uh, Raptors, of course. But I just think it has to go to the Celtics. <laughs> but... I mean, and I don't follow NHL enough, but I know the Bruins are looking good this year. And then as for baseball, the Sox are on the final four teams. So so we'll see. I mean, it's going to start with the Sox, Jack. If if the Sox win, I don't know, maybe your hot take becomes reality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that would be pretty like cool Like so many of mine do. <laughs> All right, let me move to my NBA quote once uh, I read it out. Um, I could have easily signed a long-term deal, but I just wanted to take it season by season and see where it takes me. I think this year is going to be a fun, exciting season for us all. I'm looking forward to just focusing on that, and we'll see what happens after the year. Hmm. Um, I'll give you a hint. It's not someone we've touched on to in depth. You know, it's not AD and it's not Jimmy Butler. Oh, like specifically today? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Who else? I don't, can't think of anyone that signed a deal recently. Maybe? No, it's not. It's... Uh, Wait, so say it Refuse again. to sign a deal. It's I could have easily signed a long-term deal, but I just wanted to take it season by season and see where it takes me. Hmm. If you think about... Because this... If you think about, like, contracts signed this season um, and, like, this, the format of them, I guess, taking it season by season, 
season by season. He's, he's going to be a free agent next year. We've definitely discussed this before, whether it was on the show or not. Okay. Huh. I'm going to go... Wait, we didn't bring him up today, though. No. Nah. All right, I'm going to maybe say, like, Kemba? Kemba Walker? No, um, we've definitely talked about this. I guess you hinted at it today. But the breaking up of the Warriors, specifically oh, okay, Kevin with, Durant. Uh, yeah. Not usually. I thought we, like, talked about the Warriors, though, and Durant. So, like, I didn't really I was thinking, go like, I was trying to clear AD and Jimmy Butler right. off the table. Um, but I do really want to talk about this more in depth. Uh, this is a quote from, I think, like a week or two ago. It was before even the preseason. And it's just referring to Kevin Durant's contract he signed this year, which is two years, but the second's a player option. So basically it's just going with one-year contracts again and again and again because no doubt he opts out of it. Not that he leaves Golden State per se because you can easily re-sign. I say he definitely opts out of his uh, one-year option and looks at the different options he has in front of him. Uh, especially like you and I have both discussed, going to a team in the East where he can be the one superstar and prove that he can lead a team deep in the playoffs. Like, he oh, hasn't no, I, I fully, fully think that that is going to happen. And I believed that, I don't know, I think I started talking about that the end of last season maybe. I had that hot take. I really think it's going to happen. And more and more info has come out about Durant saying these things that it's leading me to believe that it is going to happen. Uh, the, you hear about him thinking about New York the way he think uh, LeBron thought about the Lakers. I think it is going to happen. I think Kevin Durant wants to prove that he is not this guy latching on for rings. He has his rings. True. To go down in history is not about however many you have. Sure, that helps a lot. Sure, it helps if you're the star getting them there. But if you're the star among other stars, I don't know. I don't know how that if that shows just how great you are. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um... And I do think that Kevin Durant's the second most talented player in the league. Uh, and I think that he clearly has the talent to do that. I think uh, he's first at this point, honestly. But he's never proven it, in my opinion, because LeBron has taken teams like the 2018 Cavaliers to the finals. I mean, that's fair. But there's also game-time moments where Durant has completely taken over. Sure. Durant has made the shot. Durant has been the one to step up and claim it. I mean, yeah. And I... I think it can easily be up for debate between LeBron and KD. I'd give it to LeBron right now, but just based on what I've seen. I know Kevin Durant's younger, he's taller, he's faster, and I mean... Well, no doubt, I think it was LeBron up through this season. Without a doubt, I think it was LeBron. But I think now, at this key moment, it's Durant. And slow, and honestly, slowly into Anthony Davis, like we touched upon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for a point center, like we were saying, AD's your guy, the prototype. But... As for Kevin Durant and the Warriors, uh, I don't think we've made predictions live before on what we think he's going to do next year. Maybe we touched on it one of the first episodes as hot takes for uh, the 2019 free agency. I would love him to come to my Brooklyn Nets. I think it's a pipe dream, but at the same time, I do think we're going to bring in somebody. And I think Clay Thompson actually is the fit. We've discussed that on our own before as well. Um, as for KD... I think he he's from it. No, he's from Texas. No, he's from the Wizards. He's from the Washington. Wizards. That's what I was trying to think yeah, of. Yeah. yeah. So I think the Wizards are a potential team, but they'd have to trade Bradley Beal, in my opinion. I think they should trade Bradley yeah, Beal because that yeah. is not working. I can't say this enough on this stupid show that the Washington <laughs> Wizards need to break up. It's not working out, you guys. It, it, it it's time to seek counseling. Okay. Oh. It, the marriage is over. It's done. The Wizards are not good. And I just had a thought, because we've been talking about Anthony Davis, why doesn't Durant go to the Pelicans? Help him out down there if Anthony Davis is to stay. That would be And take down the Warriors by himself then with Anthony Davis. That'll show him. And then the haters would argue that it wasn't by himself because he had AD by his side. However... But a lot of greats have a backup star. But Anthony Davis is a top five player as well. Well, I agree. I agree there, but... Like, Scottie Pippen was not a top-five player in the era of Michael Jordan. But then again, you can argue with the Wizards. Like, he's getting John Wall. John Wall is still a star. Yeah, yeah. And not the same talent level, in my opinion. Yeah, but he still leads his team through the playoffs a little every year. Yeah, he wouldn't come close in the West. Of course, I agree. Yeah. And I, I don't know with the Knicks. I mean, Porzingis is a young, budding star. It's not as intimidating as someone like Anthony Davis. True. Uh, and there's a young core around him. It's not really, like, other... Yeah. veteran star players or past star players. It's all young, 
unexperienced players. I think it's a personally, I think New York, whether it be the Knicks or Brooklyn, is a perfect setup for Kevin Durant. And just the other day, they talk, uh, they extended Kristaps uh, Porzingis' contract so that they would have the room for another max contract yeah. for the Knicks. And I don't know, there's got to be some conversations being had within the organization with Kristaps about this that, hey, we're going to do this, but don't worry, we're getting you a star to play alongside you. Yeah, I mean, if, if Katie actually is thinking, I want to see what I can do on my own, he would want to go to a team set up like the Nets with a y- lot of young role players, I guess. You know, like D'Angelo Russell I love, but he's not near John Wall or Porzingis or uh, Anthony Davis, obviously. Um, but in this era of super teams, I just don't think realistically that the Nets are a place he's going to end up unless we do, unless D'Angelo Russell has a coming out year where he shows that he's worth a max deal or if we somehow acquire somebody else. So that's just in the Brooklyn uh Subject, I guess, focusing on them, I don't think so, as much as I'd love it. However, the Wizards make sense because of the hometown uh, that, spirit. That's who I thought was one of my leading runners before he went to the Warriors, because I didn't think he was a snake back then. So True. I was leading with the with the Wizards back then. And honestly, he could have back then and still been a very formidable opponent Oh, with John Wall and Bradley Beal back doubt. then. Yeah, uh, they would have built into a much different strategy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that would be a dangerous offense. I would say, if I had to give a prediction, I just don't know. I just saw some of the Pelicans' contracts, and I don't think they could actually afford Kevin Durant. Mm. If they cleared that out, I would 100% be on that bandwagon. That would be such a cool team to watch in the West. Funny enough, they'd probably also be like a four seed. Well, you'd have to take into account that the Warriors would now be without Kevin Durant. But that would be a uh, hypothetical that I would absolutely love to see. Mm. Um, Anything else on that topic, or do you want to move on? I mean... You hate to also see it, but LeBron and Kevin Durant are good friends, so that's another potential. I, I just it's, it's a different situation where Durant is no, is not like our previous one where we say he's the star of a lame team. Yeah. So I don't see that happening, but that's always an option because the Lakers are going to be definitely making big moves next year as well. If there's one player on his own that can overshadow KD, it would be LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, if Steph didn't have the rest of that Warriors team with them or anyone else on that team, it would be KD's. He'd be the number one. But because it's such a starting five of All-Stars now, you know, it, you can't really say the same thing. However, I think if he went to L.A., <laughs> that would be a more so. hated move. I'm honestly leaning towards the Wizards the more I think about it. Yeah. Just because with the Warriors, Durant is never going to be known as, like, the, the Warriors' own. Like, that's Steph Curry. Steph Curry has that role. Totally. Kids are more often wearing Steph Curry jerseys. Steph Curry changed the culture of basketball completely. So if he wants to be a team's own, then why not go to your own homes and be your home's own? Well, to, to, bring, up a, rhyme there, but. <laughs> to bring up a quote that's absolutely relevant to this, uh, Katie said in February 2017, I really just didn't want to play at home. That's a direct quote about why he didn't go to Washington. All right, sweet. Then come to the Knicks. I'm just going to keep gassing the Knicks until <laughs> they start losing. Tomorrow. Like you said, though, earlier in the show, people change, as you were referring to Kyrie, um, and I, <laughs> I agree. I think people do change, and I think, uh, well, I just see another rumor here that both the Lakers and Wizards are out of the mix. But again, this is August 2018 that this quote came from. That's a year away from the free agency, the offseason that actually matters. Um, I don't know. I think, realistically, he stays with the Warriors, but if we're talking about possibilities of him leaving, I think we're in agreement. I think the Wizards makes the most sense. Uh, Would you like to move on to your next quote? Yeah, I'll get into the next one. Let's keep going with basketball and do some college basketball. Okay, interesting. All right, here we go. I think it's minute. It's a blip. It's not what's happening. We haven't lost guys because someone cheated. I haven't paid attention to it because I haven't been affected by it. Um, I don't totally understand the situation, and I'm really excited to hear you talk about it. But this is about Coach K and Duke. Yeah, yeah. So this is Coach K and Duke, but this is talking about the current trial going on about college basketball players being paid in endorsements, whether that be through Nike, uh, to go to specific schools. And this has always been a thing that's been talked about within sports, uh, you know, why college athletes aren't playing, or sorry, why college athletes don't get paid. Right. We have the whole, we've talked in the past about NCAA football 
video games, stuff like that, how that all had to come to an end because of all this stuff. And honestly, it happens. Like, it is going on within college basketball. We already know one of the most recent ones was how DeAndre Ayton was paid at Arizona. We know that. Uh, the Brian Bowen case, he I don't even think he ever ended up playing in college because he was uh, outed for getting paid as dad with Arizona. I'll, I'll double-check that while you're talking. But. Yeah, so while at this point Duke and also UNC have not really been affiliated. Real quick, that was Louisville, actually, and Rick Pitino is now not even exactly. coaching. So, yeah, exactly. keep going, though. So while UNC and Duke have not necessarily been affiliated within this trial – we do have other places that are, and there's been some word that maybe Coach K and UNC's program are not as clean as they like to make you believe. Well, I mean, UNC, as as a UNC fan growing up, um, they were accused countless times, and they've even confessed to it for uh, messing with students' grades, you know, to make college athletes uh, stay eligible for mm-hmm. playing, which is also a crime, you know, against the NCAA's rules. However, I don't, I don't know if it's cool to say, but definitely not as bad as paying them to come to your school. I just, I think UNC could also. I mean, it could be on top of paying. That's what I'm saying. We really don't know. Yeah. And I, I really do think that it's going on, because you got to think about. I mean, a lot, some of these guys are coming from not absolutely nothing, and if it's put before you, it's very, very tempting because you need to think about your family. You need to think about if you go down injured. Who, how you're going to provide for the rest of your life when you spent all your time dedicated to your sport and your craft. So it's very tempting. I completely understand. I am of the belief that these guys should be getting paid. It, the amount of ad advertisements and money that comes into this league and, and, and college basketball and college sports in general is absurd. And they're not even seeing a fraction of it. So what? They're getting free education. These guys are putting their lives and careers on the line and dedicating all their lifetime to playing this sport, that and and while it is a next step to the NBA where they will get paid, a lot can happen in between. I do believe that they need to be getting paid. I've always been actually a proponent of the counter argument, you know, that they are receiving a free education because for the athletes that aren't looking to go into the professional. Uh, I don't know, the world of professional sports, you know, if they're looking for other jobs or whatnot, other career paths, then they are basically getting paid in almost like 250 k you know? So my counter-argument to that has always been that I don't think that universities should be paying them. I think that they should, major players, major basketball players, college basketball players or football players should be allowed to receive endorsements. Like, Nike should be able to sign deals with these college players. I don't really get, well... They're not allowed to because of rules against exactly. paying them to bring them to the school. Exactly. But if they're getting paid through organizations like that, then there's less of a chance of schools trying to do this underhand thing of, right. of paying players. But then, then you got to look at which schools are sponsored and affiliated to which brands because obviously like Oregon's huge with Nike. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other schools for Adidas and Under Armour. So, I mean, then that's when it gets a little iffy. Yeah, for sure. I mean... But what's not to say that a dude playing for Oregon doesn't sign, who's fantastic, doesn't can't sign a deal with Nike yeah. at that given moment. There's a lot of stuff that needs to work around. It's tough. But I do think that these guys need to be getting paid because otherwise it's not fair. And for Duke and teams like UNC and Duke to be bringing in guys so consistently like this, it's a little sketchy. I know there's the legacy. I know Coach K is revered and respected as probably – one, if not the best basketball coach all time. Wow. But yeah, he's he's definitely one of them. For but sure. I don't know. I really don't know if look at look at the Duke team this year. Isn't it a little sketchy that all of that starting five all wants to play at Duke? There's something about program tradition where, you know, they always bring in the same players. And honestly, I'm not that suspicious that those guys got paid. You know, they might have wanted to play together. But at the same time, it is kind of crazy how like the same 10 teams in both football and basketball bring in the top recruits, mm. how Alabama and Georgia and Clemson are the three that, and Ohio State, you know, it's, uh, I, I was bringing this up with, I think, Daniel, one of our roommates, just why was North Carolina this, uh, the state that just decided to have the best college basketball? You know, like yeah. where did that come from? Why mm-hmm. are North Carolina and Duke 
Duke's a great school, as is UNC, but it's just so random that those two became these uh, dominant programs in college basketball. Yeah, for sure. I'm Like I said, I just can't possibly see a world in which these teams are, I don't know, doing that. Look at how Arizona did it. Arizona became very, very relevant by paying players. Yeah. Bringing a guy like DeAndre Aiden. DeAndre Aiden could easily have gone to Duke. But totally. look instead. Now yeah. he was the number one draft pick, and he was at Arizona because he was picked. But then, you know, yeah, because some players want to go to programs where they're going to shine by themselves. I want to say it was Romeo Langford who went to Indiana this year, and I think he's going to tear it up. And just by being by himself, he's going to show that he's a top-five draft pick. But who's not to say he didn't get paid to go to Indiana? I think he's from there. But, it, yes, it's a good point. Like, you don't know. Uh, and it is just really fishy, and it's gotten – more and more prevalent through the years. I mean, who's to say that 30 years ago, Michael Jordan didn't get paid to go to UNC? No, yeah, of you course. Know? I mean, but to bring it back to Space Jam, he always wanted to play for UNC. Come right, on right, Come of on. course, of course. Uh, he believed he could fly. <laughs> I don't know. It's just such a uh, tough topic to dive into and get a correct It's really answer. tough. It, it really is, but There's overall, concrete, yeah. something needs to change. The same can be said for college football, though. Like, I, the way that the the playoffs run in college football where it's just four teams that's yeah. lame it's terrible it's because of these other bowl games though that are raking in ads and and other uh, sponsorships that this happens because they can't afford to lose all this money from and revenue from doing it that way my opinion is you could spread it to eight or even sixteen and have it have them still be the same bowls um, and I actually love having a bunch of different bowl games to watch I just and it's a progression to go from one college football championship to now have four teams in it, and I hope they keep expanding, but they can't come close to the excitement you get from March Madness. Uh, and it's something that, in my opinion, you can put into the college football world. Yeah, uh, you like, easily can. And look at how much money comes into March Madness each year. I know, but you need more rest time between football games than you do with basketball, so you'd have to devote an entire month, maybe two to the whole bracket. So that's where it gets a little bit tough, I guess. It's definitely manageable, though. I think it can definitely happen. Yeah, I think so, so. as well. Um, yeah, let me get into my next quote. I it's don't, college uh, football, right? Yeah, mine's actually about college football, so it's perfectly awesome. uh, relevant to this conversation. So here we go. Just tell me who said it and who it's about. I was hopeful that he would be able to return to play t- for us again. Uh, I know this was an extremely difficult and emotional decision for him and his family. And I wish him well as he moves on to get himself 100% healthy and ready for his next chapter. Um, he's a first-class young man who we have been honored to coach. Yeah, I think I know it. I don't necessarily know who. I, I'm going to say it's the head coach, but uh, is it Joey Bosa? I'm going to give you the point. It's his brother, Nick Bosa. Uh, that's what I meant, I know. Nick Bosa. All right. But think about it a little more. Who, who said it? I know you can get this because you know what school Nick Bosa goes to. Where is, it? is it? I'm not going to tell you. I'm trying to think of who it is. Where where does he play? And then once you get that, who who said it? I just have no idea where he plays. Is he was he Georgia? I felt like he was Georgia. Nah, the colors are kind of close. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm thinking of. Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, Urban Meyer. There you go. There we go. Yeah, Oof. you know what? I'm feeling generous Oof. today. I'll give you the full that point was a for rough that one. one. Yeah, let's talk about. I knew he was red. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. Because I was gonna go with Kirby. I love my boy Kirby. Yeah, he's a <laughs> man. But no, it was Urban Meyer uh, and Ohio State. Uh, we can do a little quicker here because we always talk about the NFL draft. I feel like. Yeah. And I know we both have NFL quotes. Yes. Um, but what do you think about the decision for a top prospect to forego pretty much? the entire second half of his college football season uh, in order to get back from an injury. Because he got hurt, I believe, two weeks ago. It was like a core injury. And you just don't want to see a guy who's projected to be a top five, maybe top two pick, Hmm. risk all that money and, you know, that draft position just to play a few more games for a top team. I I completely agree. And, again, because he's not necessarily, we don't know for sure, but getting paid, there's no motivation really to stick around and hang with a team when you're going to be making big bucks come time with the NFL. So why risk it? There's no point. And and Nick Bosa is the type of player that is going to get drafted high, even if this drops him a couple spots. Maybe, if anything, it might help him out by teams saying like, all right, like 
he took he didn't stress himself. He could have got a way worse injury or or risked it further right. by playing. Yeah, and like now a, instead he's getting fully recovered. He'll probably have a great combine. Yeah, it's a responsible decision by him. Now the net the, the first negative I can see from it would be you're not getting as much game tape on him as you'd like. But I'm pretty sure he's a senior. And if not, you know, he's a junior, and that means he still has two other years you can look at before this one. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that he is just as dominant, if not more, than his older brother was when he was at Ohio State. Yeah, for sure. Um, and Joey Boza was a top three pick, and he's tearing it up for the Chargers. Uh, I don't know. I think I totally agree with this decision. I think it's the smartest thing for him to do, and it's going to guarantee that he is drafted as highly as we're expecting him to be. Um, I know we've discussed him as a potential pick for the Giants. Uh, maybe this is our time to rant about them a little bit. Do you want to... Uh, <laughs> the annual rant? Maybe we save that for the end of the show, because we, we do have a few more quotes to get to. And but... I want to rant at the end of the show. Oh, right, I know you do. Uh, how about... Because we both have two more. We have an NFL quote each, so yeah. how about we hand it to we you? We can do that. We, I just need time to rant at the end. I know, so, I know. So we can take our time here. Okay. Okay, so, NFL. It's very apropos. What he went through last week and the team to stick with him and the guys to kind of wrap our arms around him and encourage him the way we do for our teammates was great. Um, can I use my one repeat, please? Yep. It's very apropos what he went through last week and the team to stick with him and the guys to kind of wrap our arms around him and encourage him the way we do for our teammates was great. I don't know why I'm blanking on this one. Um, I don't know. Maybe think someone that had a rough week last week yeah. and did better this week. Okay. I don't know why, but I feel like the I'm immediately leaning towards a quarterback. I might even ask for hints here. I'm kind of lost, honestly. Mm. But I feel like the one position that would show out or, or really be in the spotlight would be the quarterback. Um, but I'm trying to think of a team that's really flipped. Uh, I'm going to just take a quick guess so we can get into the discussion. I'm going to say it's Deshaun Watson. Not Deshaun Watson. It's actually not a quarterback. Interesting. Which, normally, it would be a quarterback who was able to recover like that. Actually, it's a quarterback who said it. Interesting. And yeah. it was Aaron Rodgers saying this about Mason Crosby. Oh, After course. his rough week last week, missing those those multiple field goals. Three? Maybe I thought it was more? more. I thought it was five. It I'm was, pretty sure he missed five field goals. If he, has not, if he had not had such a great career uh, winning a championship and whatnot with the Packers beforehand, he would have been cut immediately. Well, I bring it up because they trusted him in the game winning field goal at the very end if you watch it though it's like did they really trust him because they kept running up the clock or running up the field as much as they could i would have trusted crosby had i not seen him last week miss so many from further out but they got to like 10 dude see to me it was more of a insurance of him insurance yeah yeah yeah, insurance of him and trusting (laughs) in him to make it that they wanted to make absolute certainty that he would make it to reboost his own confidence reboost his confidence with the fans and I think it's just a I think that may have even been a call by Aaron Rodgers the way he kept pushing them up because the way he talks about Crosby so respectfully in this quote makes me think that well so uh the kick he made was only a 27 yarder so that is a chip shot for any NFL kicker however he went one for five he did miss four field goals okay, so last week against the Lions missed. this week Four for four, including a 51-yarder. Okay, So yeah. even if they wanted him to get as close as possible for the game winner, he did make three other kicks before that and clearly got his mojo back. And, I mean, this dude, in his career, he has an 80% uh, field goal percentage. Yeah. You know? and, Sometimes uh, you just, just have a bad day, you know? Totally. But I still think that they got as close as they possibly could in order to ensure that he made it. Totally. And, I mean, that is the smart decision, whether you have a kicker who's on fire and can kick mm. it from 60 but or Especially a with him. Like, you don't want yeah. him to, after that rough week, miss a a very close totally. kick like that to win the game. Yeah, of course. Uh, another topic about the Packers I want to bring up real quick uh, is fantasy football. I was sitting on, like, a 35, 40-point lead heading into last night's game, and my opponent, shout-out to Pete Anderson, uh, had Devontae Adams. And he had two touchdowns and was leading uh, the Packers back down. And luckily, Rodgers chose to get close for the game-winning field goal instead of going for a touchdown because Adams had an insane game. I think like yeah. 37 points. I barely mm. won the game. I know there was one deep pass that Adams either dropped or was like deflected, 
that would have won Pete the game. So I, I got lucky last night. Uh, but other than that, making me cheer really hard for the Niners because I did, did not want to see the ball in the Packers' hands. What do you think about the fact that Rodgers, kind of like Tom Brady, as he did Sunday night, always has the football at the right time to lead the team back on that game-winning drive? Yeah, no, that's, that's why I actually brought up this quote because it's what led Mason Crosby to getting that field goal. Aaron Rodgers is absolutely incredible. That drive was fantastic. Who cares if it's the 49ers? The passes he was making last night, you just you knew it was going to happen. Uh, oh, yeah. If those drives, when it's Brady or Rodgers, you know they're going to win. They're in the zone. Nothing is stopping them. It's incredible to watch. It, it's one of the most, I don't, e- I don't even know. It's just one of those sports moments that, not even a, necessarily like a, you know, a memorable moment, but it's just one of those moments where you think that, wow, this guy is one of the greatest athletes in the world, and he is one of the greats all time. Yeah, um, my friend Jack Brocker I was watching the game with, he's a diehard Vikings fan, so he knows firsthand what it looks like for Aaron Rodgers to drive down the field and just destroy your team's hopes as he wins another game at the last second. So there were a few passes where Jack was like, that's a catch, that's a touchdown, you know, he is winning this game, and surely enough that's what uh, came true, you know. Um, I, you just got to respect that. I, I don't know if I necessarily think Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time. I know Dan, our roommate, I really do like that, that take a lot. You can easily argue for it. I think eventually he may be considered it. Because he hasn't had a full and career yet. He hasn't had a full career. I don't really think he's had... I mean, of course there's talent. Like, Jordy Nelson was a pretty big-name talent around him, but I think it has more so to do with Aaron Rodgers than the actual receiver. Um... Yeah, and I do think I do like Dan's take that he says that if you put Rodgers in Belichick's system, I think he would absolutely have done even better than Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I can't really disagree with just talent wise. He's it's it's, incredible. Yeah, uh, still impressive how Belichick took a six round pick and turned him into an all time great. But there will always be that argument against Brady that he's a part of the system. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. I think Brady has shown time and time again that he can make the throws that the without system can't doubt, Yeah, guarantee. without a doubt, the talent is there. Yeah. I just think the talent in Rodgers is a Brainer. lot more so yeah. than Brady. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before I get into my final quote, I just received a text that my grandpa is listening, and he got that quote right, and I didn't. So shout out oh, to... Wow. Uh, pop there yeah <laughs> thanks for tuning in all right let me get to my final quote i oh i gave you a chance to win this because i gave you that full point earlier or er, not win but tie me okay i have okay. two you have one you have to get who said it and who uh he's talking about i'm ready and i think you should this is waiting. i feel like this is my softball i think you need to do a little more playing and a little less talking Ooh. sheesh <laughs> i know it go I'm for about it about a tie this is giants Owner John Mara on Odell Beckham Jr. Correct, and that means we have our first tie on Senior Quotes Live. <sighs> I, um, I recovered. I yeah. want to thank my fans for believing in me and, well done. and letting me bring it back. Yeah, great job. Bring it back so, to a nice tie. The reason I didn't want to rant about the Giants before is because I had a quote about them now, which gives us... Yay, uh, more time to talk about how bad they are. Yeah, we have 10 minutes. We have enough time to rant about the Giants for a bit, and then your special rant at the end. So <sighs> before we get to that, um, let's talk about the New York Giants real quick. Okay. And then and then about the NFL as a whole, because, uh, you know, sure. we've got enough time for this. Sure, sure, sure. Odell Beckham is having a rough season. Uh, I believe he only has one touchdown. Yeah. Um, he has not been the superstar that he's been in years past mm-hmm. obviously that comes down to having probably the worst team around him that he ever has i don't think that's a hot take i think that's legitimately the situation right now eli's declined even more the o-line is what the o-line's always been it's not giving eli a lot of time to make the reads and odell he uh, he has not been playing that well either i mean it does come down to him as well to be responsible for that uh yeah give me your take on this i mean i just I agree with all that, and I think Odell is still playing, as, for the most part, as well as he can. And I really don't appreciate John Mara coming out and saying that. Um, I think that's a bad move by a player you just signed long-term who, this, who, who wants to play for this organization, who's trying every game to win, 
Yeah. You, you can't go out and say that. That's yeah. just bad ownership. It's clear on the sideline that he hates losing, that Odell desperately wants to win. And, and really, and it, you can see it in Saquon and even Sterling Shepard recently, they all are f- super frustrated by losing, and they, they want to win every game that they play. Uh, however, I can see how people read it as a distraction. I just wouldn't have expected the owner, like you said, who has just signed this player uh, to have a problem with it. Um, we discussed Jimmy Butler earlier in the show, and you said that that was a positive, uh, like, I don't know, uh, statement or whatnot that Butler has made to, yeah. to his uh, locker room. How do you feel about the statement from John I, Merritt? I think this is different. Yeah? Because I think Jimmy Butler is a player to is the a players. Player yeah. to the players, to the organization, just to show how special a talent he is. When it comes to an owner saying this, what player wants to play for an owner that thinks like this? What what owner is going to talk down his player? I mean, even coaching sometimes. Like, coaches can even say this and get away with it more. But when it comes to owners, I really, really don't think it's their, their place to say it. Unless he's out there doing, you know, criticizing the ownership or something. Or, like, uh. Uh, even that, like, I don't even know. Like, if he's out in the media saying things that are, like, vulgar or, or past videos that came out about him that were bad, and he's saying stuff, then it's the owner's job. But when he has to play in a system that is totally, totally bad and atrocious, I can't really blame him. Here's how I feel. Um, John Mara owns the Giants, along with Steve Tisch. So it is his place to comment on pretty much anything New York Giants football related. Uh, however, I do agree with you that this topic is not, you know, the recent events are not what I'd expect he would speak out about. Uh, had it been the boat two years ago, right before the playoffs, where all the Giants players were found uh, in that picture, had it been some videos that we've seen Odell uh, appear in the background of that may be a little inappropriate or not where you want to see your star wide receiver at, maybe that makes more sense. But this could also just be frustration from John Mayer about the team as a whole, and he decided to take it out on a star receiver who is just seen as the face of the franchise. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I just hate to see this Giants team struggle so much. It's, it's such a tough position to be in right now because obviously we need a quarterback. Obviously we need to revamp the line. And... Obviously, we needed some running game. And in that draft, you weren't going to get all three. But it shouldn't have gotten to the point where we desperately needed all three. So, I'm fine with the Saquon decision in the draft. I'm perfectly... He is a great, great talent. He's been performing fantastic all season. And he really is a game changer if we can get you know, our passes down. But we desperately need a quarterback... And yeah, and and we need a line because I'm still of the belief everyone is so quick to get rid of Eli. Well, throw a young quarterback behind that line and see how quickly they get hurt, they go down, how poorly they'll be, and how angry the fan base will be at that young quarterback Dude, as well. Just look at Josh Allen with the Bills. Uh, I know the Bills fans don't hate Josh Allen, but you're putting a young quarterback behind a tr- an atrocious O line, and he's hurt for three or four exactly. weeks. Exactly, and it, now they're stuck with Nathan Peterman. That. That is why I'm of the belief that I think you need to work on the line before you draft a quarterback. That's why I think that next year's draft, it should all be focused on a line. It's a lot to do, but honestly, if you just go all in on just building up this line next year and maybe even making more trades or in signing players like Nate Solder, how they did, then maybe run the year with... See if Eli comes back one year and then once this starts happening next year, and a lot sooner than later, put in Lauletta for the rest of the season, see how that goes. But until then, I, I really think it needs to be line first, then quarterback. Yeah. Because I don't think Eli has been – he's had a bad year, yes. Yeah. But compared to past years, he, he's been okay. Like, he hasn't I mean, been – He's had less interceptions, but he's also not throwing the ball deep at all. Not uh, throwing the ball deep at all. That needs to happen. The Giants have had one of the least productive offenses in the league, I think 28th best <laughs> so fifth worst um it's just so hard to watch and now it's to the point where i don't want to watch giants football i mean we have another primetime game coming up monday at the falcons 
Now the Falcons do not have a great defense, and Devontae Freeman's out. Who scores a touchdown first in that game, Odell or Julio? I mean, I would. Julio hasn't had a touchdown yet, but I'd say I'd expect him to score. Who first. thought we would have said going into what is this week? Week seven? seven. That neither of them. I mean, Odell had the one, but that combined hey, they would be hey, at one touchdown. Throw Le'Veon Bell into that mix. Between the three players, True. only one touchdown. For you fantasy crazy. fans out there, that's rough. Very, because all those guys were first-round picks in our league. Yep, got it out. Yeah. Um, all right, we have a few more minutes. Uh, we tied, first of all, to say that again. So Very good. My record is 2-1-1 one, and one on live, and you're 1-2-1, one, because right. ties come last, I one, think. 1-2-1, yeah. Pretty close. That sounds like uh, NFL records with all the ties <laughs> yeah. that have been in the league this, so far. This season is so weird. I thought last year was weird. Uh, I thought one, last year was so weird. This one's weirder. I did not think it would be Because you've thrown a bunch of weird rookies. And <laughs> it's weird, weird. I'm so excited the NBA is starting so that I can have this, this nice little honeymoon phase with the Knicks before they start losing. Yeah. So it's like, oh, there's still hope. And all Nick, <laughs> every Knicks fan everywhere has this belief that, like, they're going to be good somehow. And I fall victim to it, too. But, like, we always think that we're, A, going to be getting all the stars, B, going to be having a fairly good record, which we are, because oh. I'm still of that belief. Yeah, you're in that hope very phase moment. right now. As if we lose to the Hawks tomorrow night, like, I'm literally you done. should You should already give I'm up. I'm done. Trey Young drops 40, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> I'll be done with sports until March Madness. As for the Nets, I'm going in with uh, low prediction or low uh, expectations. I I think we made a bet on who would have a better season. I think it was like a big ten or fifteen dollar bet. I think I think Knicks are going to have the better season still. We'll and see. I know Bleacher Report the other day had them winning more games in their uh, ranking thing, but I don't know. All right, so if I'm going to be real, I think my expectations for the Knicks is that I want to see players develop and get better, and I think that's going to happen. And I want to see us win some games. First of all, I want to see us win the 50-50 games where in the past we lose it in the third quarter or it comes down to the line and we lose by two or three. I I want to see us win some of those or at least bring it to overtime, and I want to see us take down a couple teams that are surprise wins. Like, oh, wow, the Knicks. Because you always hear a team where, like, even the Nets sometimes will be like, oh, they beat, like, the Warriors, like, they randomly. Last year. Exactly. Random so, like, like I'd that. love to see that from the Knicks. That's all I'm expecting for this year with Porzingis being out. I'd love to see it happen. If I can get my 10 seconds about the uh, Nets, my one hope is that D'Angelo Russell proves that he is a cornerstone player because I know there are question marks about that even still, and there have always been since he was picked second overall by the Lakers, second or third, whatever it was. However, I still uh, really believe in him, and he's probably my favorite player in the NBA right now. Uh, he should do something about the haircut. I don't love it. I know you don't. But he is such a talented player, both passing and shooting. Uh, he's a great playmaker, and he's someone I'm excited to watch. Uh, okay, we have a few more minutes, and I want Jack to rant about being in Twitter jail. Guys, I am in Twitter jail. What does that mean, Jack? All right. So, I went on Twitter, and I went to edit my profile because I wanted to add in some, some stuff about BC, like being on the newspaper and stuff. I thought it would be cool to add into my bio. So when I'm in my bio, I notice that my birthday is wrong. The year is wrong. It's 1999, not 2000. So I'm like, all right, let's correct that. I go to change my birthday to 2000, and immediately I'm put in Twitter jail. Because apparently, when I was 12, I made my Twitter. And you had to be 13. So now, now, they decide, all these years later, what is it? Five, six years later, six years later that I can't have my Twitter because my 12-year-old self decided to... It could have been even, like, the day before my birthday. Who knows? But I decided to make this Twitter and say I was 13. So now my account is locked, and they are, I guess, getting rid of the tweets I made back when I was 12. So I don't know what I was talking about when I was 12. Maybe, (laughs) I don't know, iCarly was on? (laughs) Like, I really don't get it. I'm very upset. It's been five days... I've yet to be back on Twitter. I've missed so much. What is going on in the world? I have no idea. Please help me out. If you're listening to this, text me about updates because I have no idea what's going on. Um, it, it also sucks for this show because I do a lot of my research on there and keeping up with players on there. And it's very annoying. I need to, like, I'm planning on calling Twitter, which is a dumb, no one should ever call a social media site. That's dumb. But I need to now call Twitter. Dude, to try and figure this out. You could have direct messaged the uh, Twitter account had you had yours. Yeah, but I can't. Because you're in Twitter jail. Twitter jail. 
Let's leave it at that. That's We're in our, jail. That's our random uh, rant of the day. Bail Thank me you out, guys. guys. Yeah, please bail Jack out and uh, keep supporting the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Is this the week that we finally upload the first four episodes? It better be. It honestly better be. I know. I know you've been placing the blame on me, and I can't really argue with that one. I chose instead of editing the episode today. I'll be honest, guys. I just sat down in our little bungee chair and played three hours of NCAA football. Wow, very, very because productive. no, because that is the best video game of all time, and yep, I will stand but by that. Because college players aren't getting paid. Because they aren't getting paid, I had to I had to find an online file that had all the players' real names and upload it myself because they won't. They won't create the game because they're not getting played, and they won't put their players in it. There you go. Full circle. Frustrating. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you have another great week, and we will see you next Tuesday. See you guys. Bye.